With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. South Dakota laws setting deadlines for petitions violate free speech guarantees of the U.S. Constitution. That's according to an opinion released Friday by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. A lower federal court ruled last year that requiring filing of petitions a full year before the election is too long for those seeking to make changes to state law. But the judge upheld a one-year deadline for amendments to the state constitution. Now the Eighth Circuit has ruled that a one-year deadline for either purpose is unconstitutional. Victoria Wicks has this report for SDPB. The Eighth Circuit heard arguments on this latest appeal in October. The state argued that petitions have to be delivered to the Secretary of State a year before the election for administrative reasons. The law's challenger, South Dakota Voice, argued that free political speech is hampered by unwieldy regulation. In its opinion, the Eighth Circuit ruled that federal judge Charles Kornman was correct in finding that a one-year deadline limits political speech of those who circulate petitions seeking to change existing statutes or initiate new ones, in other words, initiated or referred measures. But the appellate court found that the lower court erred in justifying a one-year deadline for petitions to amend the South Dakota Constitution. The A Circuit also determined that Judge Kornman did not have the authority to set a new deadline of six months, restoring the time frame of earlier years for initiated and referred measures. During oral arguments, Assistant Attorney General Clifton Katz and Judge Stephen Gross discussed what would have happened if Judge Kornman had invalidated the one-year deadline without setting a new one. And that well, What would be the state of the law? Would there just be no deadline at all and the, the legislature would need to step in and, and make one? There would have been no deadline then. Without a court-imposed deadline, Katz said the dilemma would have fallen back on the state. So our legislature would have had to step in. They would have had to call a special session or something to get a law enacted to try to comply um, with the judge's ruling. That conversation sums up what has now happened. The Eighth Circuit sent the case back for an amended ruling from Judge Kornman in accordance with this opinion, leaving the state legislature to fix its laws. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Victoria Wicks. The Senate Judiciary Committee has killed a bill that would have restricted minors' access to online adult content. The proposal would have allowed minors who viewed obscene content online to sue the webpage's owner. To avoid liability, adult websites would have to verify each user's age with a state-issued ID or personal data. Rapid City Senator Jessica Castleberry is the bill's prime sponsor. She says it requires websites to follow the same rules as liquor, tobacco, and firearm companies. The standard for all businesses should be the same. Adults can look at any legal material they want. Senate Bill 192 simply requires that pornography websites check IDs before opening the door. The bill includes exemptions for Internet service providers and employees of media publications. But advocates from both industries spoke against the change, arguing it creates unintended liabilities. Senator David Wheeler opposed the bill in committee. He says the bill has logistical issues. I don't know that this statute is going to have the effect that you want it to have because all of these commercial entities that you're trying to get to are going to be out of state. They're not going to be here, uh, potentially even overseas. I don't know that we can regulate the entire Internet from South Dakota. A motion from Wheeler to kill the bill passed 5-2. to two. 
The House Commerce and Energy Committee is killing a bill aimed at requiring the South Dakota lottery to promote adverse effects of gambling. Proponents for the bill want the state lottery to set aside money to promote public awareness of the dangers of gambling. Matt Walls has worked in the field of addiction treatment for more than 20 years. He shared a story of a patient experiencing gambling addiction. He said to me again and again in the car on the way to the stated that I never knew gambling could get this bad. Nobody ever told me gambling could cause my entire life to fall apart. He said, I never saw it coming. Opponents say the state lottery is already providing the public with warning and support. Derek Johnson is an economist with the South Dakota Bureau of Finance and Management. The lottery already spends money on responsible gaming campaigns. The lottery's please play responsibly message is on all point-of-sale tickets, television, and radio advertising. In addition, the lottery makes available $214,000 every year to the Department of Social Services for problem gambling treatment. The committee killed the bill in a 7-5 vote. SDPB's legislative coverage is supported by the Friends of SDPB with corporate support from the South Dakota Bar Foundation and SDN Communications. If you feel like you have the winter blues, it may be true. Seasonal affective disorder, according to the Mayo Clinic Press, is a form of depression that primarily affects people during the fall and winter months when there's less daylight. The good news is there are things you can do today that may help you feel better. SDPB's Laura Rohde brings us this story. Summertime is Melissa Wannenberg's favorite time of year. Our kids are very active in 4-H. We have a lot of farm animals, a lot of pets, and um, we run about 100 head of cattle. Lots of outdoor work. Um, yeah, I do a lot of gardening in the summer. Uh, my husband and I coach softball. We have two teams of softball that we coach. And yeah, we're pretty much outside from sunup to sundown during the summertime. And even though the Dallas cattle producer is always on the go, Wannenberg says during those sun-filled months, she has plenty of energy. But things begin to change after the South Dakota State Fair in early September. Um, I usually get a little bit of depression and just um, I get anxiety from that, just knowing that it's coming. Um, but I usually, the worst hits usually about February, right about now, is when it hits. Wannenberg figured out she had seasonal affective disorder about five years ago. I realized that it was more in the, when I couldn't get outside to go work outside, go work with the animals, do things like that. It just, and I was in the house more, that I noticed I just didn't want to do things, didn't have the energy, couldn't get my, couldn't get my to-do list on the roll, so... There is a scientific explanation as to why some people react to sunless winter days with seasonal affective disorder or SAT, and it is partially to do with serotonin. The retina in our eye, when it's exposed to sunlight, increases our serotonin. Serotonin is like our, it's like our mood controller or the volume of our mood. So let me give you an example. So you come home from a hard day at work and there's dishes and nothing's been done and either fill in the blank, children, significant other, or other people, roommate that live in the house are playing games mm -hmm. on their phone. Your response, what in the world is going on here? I can't even <laughs> believe it. I have to take care of everybody, would mean your serotonin wasn't working so good. Uh -huh. A different response Hey, guys, let's get up. Let's get stuff done. We'll work together. 
serotonin would be working better. Carla Salem is a clinical social worker with Sanford Health. She discussed the science of SAD during a recent conversation with SDPB's in-the-moment host, Lori Walsh. So as the days start getting shorter, people start getting impacted by the shortness and the effect on your brain chemistry. Some people are impacted greatly, and those people would already probably have a diagnosis of depression, and so their chemical history would be a little bit different anyway, so they get really impacted. Some people more situationally get impacted just because of the time of the year and what's going on. Today, Melissa Wannenberg says she has figured out ways to proactively manage seasonal affective disorder. Well, in small-town America, I guess we make sure that we go to ball games. Because that's where people are in the evenings. And so especially this year where the weather has been exceptionally cold and we've been stuck in our house for weeks at a time, we've been making a, a special effort to just getting out and going to those ball games and being around people. Wannenberg says even though they could stream the game online, during the long, dark days of winter, making time for the 20-minute drive from their farm to town is well worth the effort. It's just really super important for everyone's mental health, as we found out during COVID. In addition to more face-to-face interaction, Wannenberg also found she feels better if she tans. Well, probably not to the dermatologist's recommendation, but uh, we do, I do some tanning during the winter just to help. Although she does not mention tanning beds, Sanford Health clinical social worker Carla Salem does recommend light therapy. Oh, definitely. On a daily basis that that will help combat the seasonal aspect of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, Light therapy, Mm it's such an easy thing to do. Um, You can get lights at any place um, online, (laughs) at certain places online, and they replicate. You you try to get the right kind of light. Um, Lux is the, the kind of the wattage. Uh, Verilux lights are the the brand that is most commonly used, but Lux is the wattage. 10,000 Luxes. If you have retina exposure, like just put it next to your computer on the side for 20 minutes a day, you'll restore what you're losing because of the wintertime. I'm a huge, huge proponent of it because I have used it for 15 years. Gerald County business owner Michelle Tong is also a believer in light therapy. I have uh, a sun lamp on my desk. So I I own a title company in Westington Springs. And so I spend a lot of time at my desk reading um, and and just doing a lot of clerical work. Um, So that helps me a lot. Tong says it was seven years ago when she figured out it was seasonal affective disorder that was causing her not to feel like her best self. You know, I just remember there were some days in in March when it finally was starting to warm up, and I didn't want to go outside. And that was so unlike me because I love being outside. So I thought, you know, this there's got to be something that I can do myself to to not you know feel like this. And and like I said, it's it's been a very long process, and I'm not saying that I have it you know, down to an art, but it works for me and, and it helps me. In addition to light therapy, during the winter and early spring, Tong is intentional about getting exercise, eating healthy, taking vitamin D supplements, and getting enough sleep. 
these are all lifestyle choices that can help with seasonal affective disorder, explains Sanford Health clinical social worker Carla Salem. And if you try to self-treat seasonal affective disorder on your own and you still feel its impact, no, you don't have to go it alone. Salem recommends visiting with your primary care doctor about other options. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Lura Rohde. The U.S. saw a surge in cardiovascular-related deaths during the first year of the pandemic. Voices from South Dakota's health community hope it spurs more work to prevent these outcomes. New findings from the American Heart Association show 2020 had the highest heart-related deaths since 2003. The report says it shows how COVID-19 can impact cardiovascular health, including connections to risk factors for heart disease and stroke. Chrissy Meyer, AHA's spokesperson for South Dakota, says that's why it's vital for people to get CPR training. If you're ever called upon to give CPR, it most likely is going to be for a family member or a friend or someone you know and love. And so that's really kind of where the urgency comes in so that everyone is trained and knows how to respond in a cardiac emergency. Meyer says it's also important to consider healthier lifestyle choices from eating to exercise to help keep those risk factors at bay. Meanwhile, the Heart Association says the Asian, Black, and Hispanic communities saw the biggest increases in heart-related deaths, prompting the need to improve access to preventative care from providers and health agencies. Average gas prices in the state have fallen nearly two cents per gallon in the last week. This brings the average price to three twenty-seven dollars per gallon, according to Gas Buddy's latest report. Prices in South Dakota are more than two cents per gallon higher than a month ago and stand nearly seven cents per gallon lower than a year ago. The national average price of diesel has fallen nearly seven cents in the last week and stands at four forty-five per gallon. The next Tour de Yankton jobs hiring event will be held tomorrow, February 21st from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. The event is designed to allow job seekers explore various career opportunities in Yankton. You're invited to stop at participating businesses to learn about the company, apply for a position, and receive a confidential interview. Washington Pavilion Management announced an upcoming change to the Kirby Science Discovery Center. SDPB's Evan Walton reports. The Washington Pavilion in Sioux Falls is planning to add an interactive water experience exhibit. The new water exhibit will be placed on the second floor of the Kirby Science Discovery Center and replace their current Room to Grow exhibit. Carrie DeGraff is the Chief Operating Officer with Washington Pavilion Management. She says the new immersive water experience will be fun for the whole family. This new water experience, you will not get your kids to leave. (laughs) It is going to be so much fun, and I actually think you're going to have some adults who are going to be coming and playing and having fun as well. Madeline Grogan is Director of Education with Washington Pavilion Management. She says a new exhibit will have a large variety of water activities. Features such as a whirlpool where children can place balls and watch them twirl to the bottom, uh, clouds that rain down into our water table, a water wall that has wheels and levers that change the outcome of water flow every time they visit, a fog mushroom and build a fog where kids can experiment with different stages of water. 
The new exhibit was made possible last July through a donation to the Washington Pavilion by Patricia Knudsen. She gifted the Washington Pavilion $1.2 million designated for the Kirby Science Discovery Center. Construction on the project will begin in May. The current exhibit will close during construction, and the new exhibit is expected to open in June. I'm SDPB's Evan Walton. With SDPB News, I'm Megan Feary. And that is your daily news update. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SDPB News and visit sdpb.org news to stay up to date on our journalism as it comes in. And as always, thank you for listening.